Welcome back to the DC Yoga Podcast. My name is Chris Parkinson. I'm here today at the Hyrick House in downtown Washington, D.C. at DuPont Circle with the wonderful producer Panama. And my guest today is Melise Mittig. Melise is the owner of Bounce Yoga, a new style of yoga under construction, as well as the host of the Bounce Back Podcast, a podcast about yoga as it relates to being a tool for resiliency. She began her personal practice over 10 years ago, studying yoga technique and history in college, and over the last few years has decided to take her curiosity and passion to the next level by becoming a certified yoga instructor. <clears throat> the ultimate goal for Elise is to create space for self-empowerment and in turn make the world a more joyful place. Her personal yoga practice is quite diverse and includes trampoline yoga, hip-hop yoga, bhakti yoga, traditional vinyasa, and more. Melisa's classes are designed to activate the body, mind, and spirit, and to create joy, peace, and universal love. She often bases her classes on chakra yoga techniques, relating her lessons to colors and energetic movement. She enjoys teaching a weekly class at Goals Gym Rockville at Randolph Road, which she also manages, and at local schools for elementary school-aged kids. You can find Melisa's classes online on a platform called Burn Along. Her Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn are at bounceyoga.co and Melis Mittig. And her website is www.bounceyogaco.com. Welcome, Melis. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Um, yeah. So uh, let's start. Spell your name for us so that people out there can get Yay. the right links. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's Melis. So I like to tell people it's like Felis Navidad, but Melis Navidad is the best <laughs> way to remember it. Um, so, um, so yeah, so start at the beginning, I guess, uh, do you want to tell us about your first yoga class or your first yoga experience? Yeah. So I don't remember my first yoga experience per se. I was five years old. My, uh, mom, uh, married a sound engineer who was on tour with Sting. And, um, so this is like the early nineties, so I'm guessing like 94, 93. And um, so we got to go on tour with Sting and Sting was very heavy into his yoga practice at the time. So backstage he was doing yoga. Uh, so my little brother and I went back there and, and started doing yoga then. And so my mom like kept everything from that class. She's like, I knew you were going to become a yoga teacher. I'm like, why didn't you tell me this? <laughs> um, but so she kept like all the details and like the tour notes and pictures yeah. and everything. So it's pretty cool. So that was my official first introduction to yoga yoga. And then um, I probably went until uh, my senior year of high school, we had the opportunity, which is really interesting now, come to think of it. Um, we, um, I went to a Catholic high school and um, we got, had the opportunity to do yoga instead of gym class. Uh, and this is back in 2005. Um, and so Wait, a Catholic school, you could Catholic do yoga. Catholic school, I know. Class. Yeah, and now they're like, you know, religion and yoga yeah, mixed yeah, yeah. together. I'm like, yes, they do. Um, but yeah, so we, so I, I took yoga as an alternative to gym class. I wasn't much of a team sport person. I uh, never have been. I um, tried pretty much every sport and just didn't like any of them. So, um, I'm what not was your what was your least favorite? Oh, my least favorite sport. Um, Probably. I mean, I played field hockey for two years. Yeah, I was about to say, you grew up in the Northeast, so it was field hockey yeah. and lacrosse, right? Field hockey, and we didn't have lacrosse. We weren't we weren't big enough for that. But um, we had soccer. I did one season of soccer just to stay in shape for the uh, the field hockey season. And we had this running joke that we would like take, you know, like, hey, you got left bench today. All right, cool, I'll get right bench today. <laughs> like, we just kind of went back and forth. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I had a least favorite 
favorite sport. I, I really, you know, I, I liked all of them, but I just wasn't good at any of them. So it wasn't something that uh, I wanted to pursue. And I think the first time I really felt a connection with an athletic sport was boxing. Mm. And so I did that in high school. That was like my two hours a day. I was a, I trained with all guys. I was doing pretty crazy workouts. Um, but in that realm, there was nobody depending on me for my athletic skills. And I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't like feeling pressured to, you know, win for the team Perform, or be, yeah. like catch the ball or whatever it was. Yeah, it just wasn't my thing. Um, and that's why yoga is perfect. There's yeah. <laughs> unless I'm doing acro yoga, obviously I have to be on my, on my A game for that. Um, but yeah, so long story short, I, um, got more into yoga in high school and then, uh, I went to college and same thing there. Uh, there was yoga as an alternative to any other athletic endeavors. And so I did that. Um, that's when I started diving more into the spiritual piece of yoga. I've always been a pretty, uh, curious, child slash now adult um i've always connected with nature i've always had like these very spiritual experiences so that's that part of yoga was what i was really fascinated about and i know today we're going to talk about the yoga of the subtle bodies with this, which is chakras but um that's where I started diving more into that, um, more of like the learnings and the, the traditions and the, um, the spirituality piece. I was still wasn't much into the physical piece at that point. So tell us about like, so just at the beginning, like when you were doing yoga with Sting, which of course, like you tell everybody you meet the first time you meet them, right? Like I've done yoga with Sting. No. Sometimes. <laughs> but <laughs> so like, was that, job. was that like asana practice? Was that like, was that basically, or was it like meditation or so kind of take us through like, like were you introduced sort of to the, to the spiritual side, the meditation part, or was it sort of the asana practice? And then again, in high school, was that sort of like just the asana practice or was like their meditation and chanting, et cetera? Yeah, so I don't honestly remember my practice with Sting to, and I was five. So, I don't remember. I have like small glimpses of like visuals of just there was like a dog, a fluffy dog running around like that's more what I was concerned about. Um, it wasn't definitely wasn't like a sit down meditation. Uh, I was probably more asanas. But again, like not like a structured, rigid practice. I know um, the teacher, my mom, like still has the name of the teacher of Sing Siri, still alive and doing things. Um, I can't remember his name right now, but I'll, I'll tell you about it. But mm -hmm. he, you know, more of like an enlightened, creative um, flow, if you will, mm -hmm. is probably what I experienced. And then, um, so no like strict Ashtanga practice, but, uh, and then in high school, it was probably just like a watered down, almost dance, like on the verge of like dance and gymnastics type of it's yoga. It's like a Tai Chi almost type thing. Yeah. We for sure did not dive into anything spiritual. It was just physical. Mm -hmm. And then once you got to college, was there actual, like, did you actually take yoga classes in college? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was an actual credit. Um, it was oh, yeah. a, an actual course. So I did two of them. I did first level and second level. Um, definitely diving into Sanskrit, diving into chakras, diving into 
the actual essence of the practice, the Vedas, the... Um, you got all that in college? Yeah, I did. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Where did you go to school? Penn State. That's so cool. And the teacher was fascinating. We went, I remember going to this retreat where um, we did a bunch of different things. And the reason that, the, that I got hooked on it was at the time, um, I was having a really hard time sleeping. And... Um, we did this one restorative practice one day and I remember just being in these like cushions, like in this like magical, like, you know, it was just like white cushions everywhere. And, you know, I freaking, I'm sure she was burning something. Um, and she counted backwards from 10 and I just passed out and I was like, what just happened? This is so cool. I need to learn how to do this to myself. <laughs> um, so I started meditating and listening to, uh, to different uh, meditation, fall to fall asleep, YouTube, some things, if that's what was around at the time. I don't remember if YouTube was out yet, but um, somehow I got my hands on some meditation music. And and um, and then, yeah, so that was a pretty cool experience. And that kind of launched my um, spiritual and philosophical interest in the practice. That's great. Now, did you um, did you grow up Catholic? Did you grow up religious no, at all? I did not grow up religious. Um, I, uh, my, my, on my dad's side, my grandfather's a nuclear physicist. Uh, my grandmother turns out is Jewish, but I didn't find out until I dated a Jewish guy. And she was like, you know, we're Jewish, right? And I'm like, no. Um, I grew up with, you know, zero religious expectations, which was really a gift, uh, because my parents said, look, when you're ready to make that kind of decision to choose a God or to choose a, a you know, a tool to get to higher power, you make that decision. So I grew up sort of as a blank slate. Um, and there was my, you know, my great grandmother on my mom's side was, um, grew up in, uh, Nor in Normandy where, uh, St. Teresa, the little flower is from, um, she's the youngest, one of the youngest saints and St. Teresa was friends with my great grandma's aunt. And so like we have like St. Teresa and like Christmas cards and stuff like that. So it was a very grounded approach to religion. It wasn't mm -hmm. something that was like, Oh, like, you know, um, so yeah. And, and she never really pushed it. It was more, she did, they, they didn't even push the values. It was more just kind of expect, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of part of the thing, you know, it'd be nice if people forgive people. Um, was there was there something um, that uh, yoga or at least the spiritual side of yoga started to fulfill maybe in your life in college that was missing that you found was missing or was this just like oh this is new and like I really gravitate towards this and um, this is really nourishing me. <clears throat> No, uh, not at all, to be honest. Um, no, I mean, the, the, my first introduction to religion, um, and there's a quote that says, you know, religion is following the leader, uh, spirituality is following the message. Um, and so my first intro to religion, um, which was follow the leader, right. uh, was in Catholic school. And I got so turned off by it, to be honest, because to me, I'm like, who are you? you know, priest to tell me yeah. that I'm forgiven of my sins, which I don't even think are sins, you know, um, and being forced to go to church. To me, it should, it, it should always be a choice. Religion should always be a choice. It's such a personal relationship that, um, that we have with our higher power, God, universe, whatever you call it. I just wasn't down with the forcing of it. Um, so I kind of like laughed my way through Catholic school a little bit. You know, they had us, us just do things that um, 
but that was probably my intro to religion. And mm. then, so I never looked at yoga as a religion. I know some people, you know, think that yoga is a religion. I, I just, to me, it's just an, it's a tool. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I went through phases where I adopted Christianity or I, I'm a huge fan of Jesus as a person and as a, you know, a, what he represents and what he did. And to me, um, and this was actually told to me in an Episcopalian church, I love going to church and mass and different things just because I think it's to me, you know, I, I interpret it how I want. But um, the one time the the priest was talking about how Lady Gaga is more uh, Christ-like than any of us in the room because she is expressing herself to her full potential and really that all Jesus was doing was expressing who he was and being true to who he was and having the courage to do it even though he was going to get persecuted or you know in Lady Gaga's case you know perhaps you made fun of or whatever it is that mm -hmm. whatever critiques she experiences so um, that's more how I look at it. Um, I admire uh, religious figures, um, whether it's Jesus or Buddha or whoever. Um, I think they're enlightened beings. And yeah, a powerful yogi was Jesus. Yeah, exactly. There's actually a book called the um, the Jesus of Yoga, Jesus or the Jesus of Yoga. But uh, that's that's more of how I would I would um, I would look at yoga and, and mm -hmm. religion. Um, when you, when you graduated from college, were you kind of like, all right, I'm on the path to like do yoga for my entire life? No. So my yo the yoga that I did in college was, uh, I believe freshman and sophomore year. And then I kind of fell off the yoga train for junior and senior year. And then, um, I had an internship in New York, uh, my junior year, or my sophomore year, and then I was in Spain for the other summer. So I really was not doing yoga or focusing on it at all. I knew I was a weird, like, I had weird interests in this more esoteric world. Like, I mean, who wants to be normal anyway? Well, yeah, I'm just myself. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I knew that I had, uh, that I had, like, this quest for something. Um, you know, I wore... Like, I remember I bought these, like, gladiator sandals before they were cool. And just in case you don't know what those are, but they're, like, these, like, boots, sandal boots that have, like, gladiator things. Now they're cool, but back when I bought them, they weren't cool. And, you know, I, I was always doing stuff like that and, like, kind of getting crap for it from my friends. Like, what are you wearing? Like, you know, that time, like, I promise you they'll be cool later. Like, and, and they So what were. are you wearing today that's going to be cool in 10 years, Maylise? I'm not sure. <laughs> you tell me. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I had this like seed that was planted from an early age. I was a very creative, I talked to the ocean, I was a total mermaid. Um, but yoga really was in and out of my life for uh, the majority of it. Um, yeah, and you were, you were working in an office, yeah? yeah? You were doing like the corporate thing. I was. And, you know, I was working uh, that summer. I had an internship at Sotheby's, which is an art auction house in New York and I was in their marketing department and that sparked my marketing, uh, my quest for marketing. And so when I graduated college, instead of going into, I had majored in international politics and um, instead of going into that, I went into marketing and I ended up doing e-commerce marketing and I was, you know, tricking Google into putting my clients at the top of the, the search chain, yeah. which was kind of cool. 
if you think about it. Yeah. Um, people are tricking Google. So when you Google wedding dresses, whoever's at the top is probably paying a good dollar for it. Um, and so, and then I moved into uh, more of a, a customer relations marketing with working with high net worth clients at a wealth management company. And it wasn't until I had um, sort of this, uh, what do they call it? Like, um, not a breakdown, but uh, what is it called? Like a when you... Well, if it's a good thing, you have an epiphany. Yeah. If it's a bad thing, you have a breakdown, yeah. Yeah, I guess more, <laughs> I, we'll call it an epiphany. Yeah. Um, so I had this epiphany, um, I but uh, which uh, manifested in a physical uh, illness. And I had been doing yoga here and there. Like I knew how good it was, but I was working like a crazy maniac. Like, so you weren't doing like a weekly practice. No. It was like everyone's not at all. Yeah. If I was doing anything, I wasn't doing, I wasn't, I was walking 10 miles a day, just living in New York. Um, and so I wasn't working out at all. Um, other than that, which is working out. Absolutely. Um, but I, it wasn't until uh, this one summer I had this event that I planned for. It was 200 of the like some of the top lawyers in the city who were our referral partners, and we worked with a lot of trust and estates attorneys. And um, I was throwing this giant party, and I had to entertain, you know, 200 people who had expectations and certain lifestyles. And I had like a $2,000 budget for it. Wow. So imagine that. That's a shoestring, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I had to get everything sponsored. And so it was like this little local bakery um, called Sweet Generation. Shout out to Sweet Generation. They're actually doing pretty great things in New York now. And um, when I had met Amy, the owner, she was like just starting out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, Amy, you want to make cupcakes for us? Like, we'll do some some marketing for you. And then this florist came out and did these like beautiful arrangements. And it was just like, it's like it all came together. My friend was um, catering the event, mm -hmm. my friend from high school. Um, but it was this like huge production that I had to put on with like almost no res financial resources and lots of expectations. And, um, and, uh, there was a moment in the event where, uh, we, about a day before we had these gift bags with like all of the marketing swag from all of the, the sponsors, which was huge because that, you know, they were doing everything for free. And, um, the main gift of the bag was a succulent plant. And, nowhere to be found like 200 succulent plants just like gone into the ether of new york city and i had like run to every usps i could find in the city just like begging searching of course they'd never pick up the phone so i had to do this all by foot and i was just exhausted and like an hour before the event started um, my bartender guys were like hey Melissa, like what do you want us to do with all these plants <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? They had like shoved them in with like the wine glasses mm -hmm. and the drinks. And so they had been delivered yeah. per USPS's, you know, the thing um, you were repeat. looking for was right in front of you the it whole time. It was right in front of us. What a lesson. And um, so, you know, an hour before 200 people show up, we're like packing these plants. We had to pop them and tie little ribbons with the little thing on there. Like, so we had this like assembly line of, um, and after that event, I was so drained. I mean, mentally, physically, in every capacity. And I ended up in the hospital with this like crazy stomach bug or something. And they tried to tell me that I had, this is why I don't go to the hospital. Um, they tried to tell me that I had like all these diseases and I had Crohn's disease and I had this and that and blah 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 and I looked at them and I said no I don't and I just you know I left and I never nothing ever happened again that was a, a breaking moment for me in realizing that 
I have a, an intellectual connection to my body. Um, obviously, I don't get cocky about it and wait. Like, if I break a bone, I'm not going to, like, skip the doctor. Um, but I have – that was a, a moment where I was like, you know what? I can talk to my body. My body has healing powers. I can communicate with it. And I'm also – overdoing it um and i need to chill and i need to you know to take care of myself yeah and um that's when i started going back to yoga yeah and uh and to be honest and then this the fast forward like eight months later um i went through this like super crappy breakup and was a complete it was like so devastated by it and the reason I was devastated by it was that I was so unhappy in that relationship and it was like not doing anything good for me um the guys the guy was great and still great but um it just was such a wrong thing that I was in um and I I was just so disappointed in myself for having like I basically I woke up one day and I was like wow like I hate my job I don't like who I'm becoming I didn't even like my boyfriend and I was with him for this for a year, you know, like, how did I do that? Um, all of these things just kind of hit me. I was like, I don't like where I am. Like, I'm not a fan of this life that I'm creating. Mm -hmm. And I bought a ticket to Honduras. I went to Honduras. I just need to get out of the city, get out of that, like, you know, the materialistic, um, environment that I was in. And, um, I hung out with a bunch of kids who just had nothing but were happy and um, had this thirst for learning and this appreciation for learning while like the kids in New York are being dragged to their private school and um, complaining about, you know, not having the latest $5,000 purse and whatever it is. <laughs> um, and it just, it really kind of like shifted. And, and right after that trip, I got back and I started a weekly practice. I went to bhakti yoga um, on repeat. I have a teacher that I still follow. Every time I go to New York, I try to get to one of his classes. Um, his name is Jai and he's at the bhakti center in, in New York. And um, that was like my Monday night therapy. I never missed it. Nothing could get in the way of it. I don't care what email or phone call <laughs> or emergency, like I'm going to yoga. Um, and ultimately that's what kind of like, I'm sure helped me uh, yeah. quit my job and move on to where I am today. Yeah. It sounds like a good combination of gratitude and discipline changed your life. Yeah, for sure. Um, what point did you say like, okay, I'm going to like go to yoga teacher training. I'm going to learn how to teach this stuff. Yeah. Um, so when I left New York, I was still very much conditioned, uh, in this like hustler mentality where I had to do business. Um, so I did consulting. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I moved home with my parents. I was like, you know, I'm like, all right, crap. Like I'm 25. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um, or maybe 26, I forget. But anyways, in my twenties, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I got to start over. And I don't want to do another marketing job. I don't want to do another thing, but I got to make money somehow. So I was doing consulting and then, um, I started going to yoga. I was, that was like a staple in that entire duration of that time was, was a, mm -hmm. a consistent, um, uh, denominator was my yoga practice. And I met a woman in one of my yoga classes who pitched it to me as a leadership training. 
I was like, great leadership training. I got that. <laughs> I need that. Young, impressionable woman <laughs> right. needs, needs she, guidance in her life. She's like, Let's not be... call it yoga teacher training. Let's call yeah. it, yes, leadership training. It was training. a leadership training. <laughs> and so to me and my like Wall Street, you know, yeah, I'm like, of course, leadership, of course. leadership, I got this. Um, so I signed up for it. And um, it was, I did, my first training was at Evolution Power Yoga. I realized it was exactly what I needed. Everything in life is always exactly what you need at the, the right time. Um, but this specific training was very much a, a root chakra training, which we can talk about in a little, but it was a very grounded reality. We're not going into trance. We are focusing on anatomy and a sequence and it's a Baptiste power. I'm not sure if you've ever done the sequence, um, hot yoga, I was not ready for the physical, although I had just finished a one month. I think I went almost every day for one month. Um, they had like a student special or something um, during the summer. And so, but I had no clue what I was doing in terms of the physical. Like, you Yeah, can, I mean, a 90 yeah. minute Baptiste class with sweating your balls off is like, there's, it's pretty intense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, when learning how to teach that too, you know, and like I wasn't, we weren't allowed to practice while we taught, which was a huge discomfort for me. So, um, if you go to a Baptist class, the teacher is not going, they're going to demo like very, very rarely. Yeah. Um, so it was a great training for me, a really great training for me. Um, just to, to, I felt like I started teaching like five months before I became a teacher. I was like one of those, like I'm ready to go. That's and right. it was like, no, you need to like finish this anatomy course and finish this. And I was like, no, like I'm just going to go teach chakra yoga. I did like a four agreements, um, w- uh, workshop. Like I was just doing all this stuff as like practice hours, mm-hmm. but I was getting paid for it and like doing things already. Um, so that was my first training. So that's how I kind of like, I didn't get tricked into it, but I, it wasn't presented to me as a, you're going to be a yoga teacher. Um, I realized I was going to be a yoga teacher probably the first day of class. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just took it as a leadership training. A lot of the people in YTT don't, um, become teachers. They just do it for personal development. And for me, I was like, I was ready to go. And so, um, so I started teaching yeah. a lot. So at that point, you already had to studied the chakras. It had already been something you were doing even before you took the training. Uh, yes. Uh, the chakras I had learned in college, and I had uh, uh, purchased a book called Chakra Yoga by Anodeya Judith, which mm-hmm. is and, and has been my Bible, my chakra yoga Bible. So what, so what struck you about that sort of framework as really, really like kind of really important? Yeah. So I've always had a fascination for the inner world or like the esoteric world. Um, if you ask me, like, I'm just not a very, I have a, I have to force myself to be grounded. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to force myself to have, uh, a structure I'm not good at it in Ayurvedic terms. I'm like a typical Vata. I'm just a dreamer. Um, I Really? Okay, so let's stop for a second here. Because okay. we were just talking. We were just walking down by the water, and you were telling me how you basically can't go a day without working. 
Yeah, but work is a spiritual experience for me. I mean, right, I'm teaching. Fair. I'm teaching people. Let's see. I'm, I'm thinking of you just like walking, like walking down the street with your head in the clouds. But like, really, you were just telling me that you were on vacation in your bikini, like doing like you know conference Face calls times, on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So again, so here's how I describe it. Are you familiar with Ayurveda? A little bit, yeah. yeah so yeah. there's three archetypes, if you will. Um, there's Vata, which is like the dreamer, the visionary, right? The person who's like, all right, guys, we're gonna build this company, and it's gonna look like this, like Steve Jobs. And and then there's like the people that are like, okay, we got to do this meeting and crunch these numbers. I'm the dreamer. Right. I'm the visionary. So I, it's not like I don't do anything and I'm like, but if you hang out with me for a whole day, I'm going to come up with like seven different million dollar ideas. All right. I'm probably not going to do any of them because I'm that that's if that you're not an sense. executor you're a you're a dreamer i'm not i'm a visionary yeah. um and so but i was trained pitta which is um an executor pittas are fire signs mm-hmm. they're always go 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 they're up at five in the morning drinking their juice and doing, workouts doing their workout and, like yeah. they're just like on the ball um type a i got trained as a pitta in new york so the beauty is I know how to tap into that if I need to. Mm-hmm. It's not how I operate in my ideal self, um, but I can do it. So with, you know, running an entire club, um, a gold gym location, for example, my, my you know, in, a, in my ideal scenario is like being in a team meeting and being like, all right, guys, we're going to start, you know, funny quotes of the gym quotes of the day and we're going to need a, you know, we're going to need a Google doc. And like, I'm very organized. Um, I'm like half and half like Aquarius Pisces. So Mm -hmm. my Aquarius side is the the blessing that I received on this, on this planet, this Pitta side. Um, but I, I'd rather not do it. You know, I don't want to write on the whiteboard. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, do the, I'll, I'll get it started and like show them what it looks like, but then I want them to take ownership of it. If Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So work, I don't really even like the word work. It's a horrible word. What is work? I don't know. Yeah. I don't work either. Like we were discussing, I just, there's something I do and people pay me for it. Right. And I enjoy doing it. Um, so, um, so chakras you learned in college, you started to learn more about it. Tell us about the chakra Bible that you were talking about before or the chakra, like your chakra text. My teacher. Um, I would die if I met, you know, Judith. Total, total fan girl. Total fan girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, this book is called chakra yoga. It is the most, uh, simple way to learn about it. Um, all chakras are, and people say chakras and then there's chakras, chakras rolls off my tongue a little bit easier, but, um, all it is, is, is an understanding of the subtle energetic bodies. So we have seven main chakras. It's called the rainbow bridge between earth and sky. So imagine energy coming in through the crown top of your head and coming in through the root bottom, uh, where your sacrum is. So, um, it's the rainbow, the colors of the rainbow. So it's very easy to remember. So you have the root, um, so more groundedness. So the root is survival, um, for like a dude, you know, bro reference, you got a car, you you got a car, it's Mm -hmm. your car. Um, what does your car need to survive? It needs oil, it needs gas, it needs all of these things. Um, as a human, you need money, you need food, you need water, you need shelter. Um, so that's your root. So if 
So which is the one I'm really bad at. Um, so that's red. So that's the one where, you know, you are grounded to earth. You mm -hmm. are surviving on earth. You have a body, your body works. The second is um, the sacral chakra and the, the orange. And the sacral chakra is, okay, I have a body. I have a car. My car moves. My body moves. I can express myself. I can be creative. I'm not just here surviving. I'm here enjoying my existence. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of people have blockage in that um, sexuality, creativity, pleasure, all of those things live in that center, um, this center of energy, this vortex of energy. Um, and then you move up the ladder, you have your solar plexus, which is yellow. Um, that's the one I personally really love and, and, um, I love yellow. Um, but your solar plexus is, uh, the element of fire. It's your inner power, your drive. So if you have back to the car reference, you're in a car, you're driving now, it drives so cool. Well, you can choose to make a left or you can choose to make a right. You have options, you have, um, willpower. Yeah. The will choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you have energy, you can, you know, put fire behind your, your existence and your mm -hmm. pleasure. Um, and then you move up to the heart and the heart is really a space where, um, the element is air and it's a space where you want to kind of soften. Um, so compassion, love, you know, relationships, understanding. And that is, um, you know, what they call the bridge between the lower, more grounded masculine chakras and the upper, which are more spiritual chakras. So the next one is the throat, color blue. Um, this is where you take in, you know, whatever information, wherever you think your thoughts or your, your, you know, your, your inspirations come from, mm -hmm. um, that's where they get vocalized. That's where they get, uh, uh, expressed. So if your throat chakra is not working well, then you're not really expressing yourself. Yeah, communication, right? Communication. Yeah. yeah. And if you're, if you're, you know, it's not just communication, it's not just like blabbering on, it's like actually being able to communicate and have it land. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're giving a speech and you're just Blah, 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 you know, like you're, it's not actually landing and that's through music, through writing through. So it's not just voice. It's um, a little bit of, of, so communicating. And then the third eye is uh, your center of imagination. So anything, when you close your two eyes, um, anything you can see and visualize is with your third eye. So, um, that's super important as well. And then, so it's sort of like, I picture like a movie projector almost. So mm -hmm. like you have this, like, seeds of you know i think that come from a divine existence or the universe um, that are planted in through the crown mm -hmm. and then they are projected out through your third eye you see them you can see yourself running around in this field of flowers and then you can vocalize it and then you can feel it and soften and you know and then it gets you know then it, it becomes this willpower this execution mm -hmm. um, and then before you know it you know you have to remember to have fun with it it's not just work um, mm -hmm. and then it gets manifested and that's, uh, the chain of the, the chakra, mm -hmm. um, ladder. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I never actually really noticed that it was, you know, because I always remember it as Roy G. Biv. I never really actually noticed it. It actually works that way too. Cause I have a, I have a really hard time remembering which chakras, which colors, oh, but yeah. if you just remember it as Roy G. Biv, it, yep. that's and exactly the greens it. and the heart. The greens so. and the heart. Yeah. 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 And you know, another way I don't, um, is to describe the subtle bodies and, um, is, that you each chakra has a different uh, purpose, a different um, 
a different um, essence. And so uh, just like, you know, in a, in a home, and um, this is from the book, from her teachings, in a home you have the kitchen where you cook food. You're not sleeping in your kitchen. Um, in your bedroom, you're sleeping. In your living room, you're watching TV or reading or whatever it is people do in their living rooms. Um, and same thing. In your right. root chakra, you are manifesting. You are um, existing in physical form. Right. So if you're somebody like me who tends to be a little bit more like like if you leave me alone on a beach, I'm going to find an animal and befriend it and like talk to the plants. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not going to like try to build a house and make a fire. That's I mean, hopefully I mean, I can do it. Right. um, But it's just, you know, um, I operate more in the upper chakras. Um, And I think that the the connection with um, yoga is. First of all, in the physical sense, you have different p- postures, different asanas for different chakras. So heart opener, if yeah, you're... Yeah, tell us about that. How does this... Yeah. I mean, so so when we talk about... And we should also distinguish between like the subtle body and the gross body, right? So the gross yeah. body would be like your muscles, exactly. would be like your bones, yeah, you know, how you, you move yourself, those. you pinch yourself, you're going to feel exactly. it. Exactly. Your central nervous system, things like that. And exactly. the subtle body is um, deeper than that or different than that. Um, it's an yeah. area that you have to uh, experience and find and that you can't get by. Um, it's, it's hard to access um, and it's different for every person. It's hard to access in the beginning for sure, um, unless you're born with like this, you know, right. just kind of like, yeah. Um, but um, this awareness, unless you're born with the awareness. But uh, one of the easiest way to think about it is your gut feeling. When somebody's like, I have a gut feeling that I got to take a left. Mm-hmm. That's your solar plexus. Um, it actually lives right below your sternum, right? You know, over below your rib cage. Um, it, it's in your gut, technically. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's an easy one to tap into the heart, the throat, the biggest example, you know, it, you can feel your chakras on a, a physical level as well as, as a subtle level. It's not going to be this like big manifestation it doesn't have to be, it can just be this, you know, just a feeling or a mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, in your throat, if you're giving a speech, where do people feel ten- tension when they're about to give a speech? Typically in the heart and the throat. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, there's with the physical practice, what you can do is you can learn little tricks to loosen the physical space so that there's more room for the subtle space. Um, so, for example, if you're doing if you're going through a breakup or you just lost somebody and the heart center is really impacted by it, um, you can do a heart opening practice. So, you know, a lot of stretching your arms out, um, bridges, a lot of, um, wheel pose, a lot of that, a lot of like just sending your heart up to the sky and people will actually end up releasing emotions that way. As you know, all of our emotions live in our physical bodies. So, um, if you're holding subtle, like I just picture it as like, if you've ever seen, um, have you ever done your aura, like gotten your aura picture? No. It's pretty fun. You should check it out. No, I should. Do you know a good place around here to do it? I did. My most recent one was in, I think it was near Laurel. So, but okay. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, they did a good job. Um, How do you know if they do a good job? You just feel Cause it. Because you like the result? No, you just kind of, you see it and it's like, that's me. Uh, okay. All right. You just cool. kind of know. Um, you know yourself. <laughs> so. 
I hope so. Yeah. But I don't know, you know? Yeah. Well, that's another thing you have to be in tune with before you can actually yeah. feel it. Um, uh, you're the, you're the only one who can know yourself. So if you click with it, you click with it. If you don't, you don't, you should, you know, it's yeah. kind of like a intuitive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, it made total sense. So I know that they, you know, I felt like they did it, uh, but it's sort of like that. It's sort of like this light, um, or this, uh, just like a subtle, like mist, um, yeah, or an energy that surrounds an you. Energy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that's how you connect to the the physical practice is um, is just uh, knowing which chakra is needing a little extra love, yeah. and then doing things like you know if you know that you're not a grounded person, you and that you're having a hard time you know sticking to things or manifesting things, then you know you want to surround yourself with red, with earth. You want to go out into the into nature. You want to. Um, you know, just reconnect to being like a human being mm-hmm. and not whatever else you've become, um, a robot. You want to just like go back to the roots, go back to the native, go back to the the traditional ancestral. Um, so would these be like stronger poses? Would you like to be like warrior poses to like ground you into the floor or like, you know, what would you? Yeah. So with the root chakra, I do a lot of like bioenergetic po- grounding. So- yeah. Um, no. So like a lot of like just you just like a um, Tadasana mm-hmm. um, is a great one. Uh, simple. Don't go crazy. Um, anything where your foundation is touching the ground. So it could be, um, you know, anything with your hands, your feet or your back on the ground. Um, yeah. I mean, one of my favorites, just a, a bioenergetic movement that um, that I've actually learned from Anodeo Judith, which, you know, you just really ground down through the feet, uh, proper alignment. And you inhale, bring the energy up through your hands, exhale, bring it back down. So yeah. it's like a <sighs> and um, just grounding down and like really like more of like a warrior. Um, I think of like Kundalini as a very grounding <laughs> practice. Yeah. Um, so take us to, so take us through the chakras. Take us to the next chakra then. Like, yeah. So we stopped at the third eye. How dare I, um, (laughs) forgot the seventh. Um, so the seventh one is the crown chakra and, um, the crown is probably my favorite, uh, because I don't have favorites, but, um, if I did, uh, the crown is your access to a higher power. Um, so that is something that you can totally, feel for yourself there is when people are afraid to go to a yoga class because they think they're going to get some religious teaching yoga is is a tool it's not it's not I know there are you know more Hindu traditional things to it but um you can, it's meant to be a tool to reach a higher level of self. Mm -hmm. So with the crown chakra, um, that's, you know, if uh, synchronicity is like a big one for me, uh, or, you know, I, I, like yesterday I was driving to work and, um, and, you know, feeling it was like gloomy yesterday. It was like raining and gloomy. And I'm driving behind a truck that says, um, another day in paradise with like a little like palm tree and snarky like yeah no and oh it was an actual okay yeah that's what it's i i end up behind like the craziest messages on trucks but this was the one it was like another day in paradise and i looked around and i was like damn like this is paradise like (laughs) i've been to some of the most beautiful beaches and i've seen some of the the most beauty i've ever experienced i've been in jamaica with like 
fireflies like the or these like big like you know lightning bugs coming towards me like I felt like I was in some like the stars were moving I mean Mm -hmm. I've been I've seen a lot of beauty I'm I um uh but in that moment I was like thank you God like another day in paradise which is today and where I am I don't Mm -hmm. have to be anywhere else I'm and then I looked around and like the greens were coming at me and the you know it wasn't anymore this like gloomy shitty another shitty day in the DMV traffic like (laughs) it was like cool another day in paradise and totally shifted my mindset those are the types of things that I truly believe I'm very blessed that I've tapped into that for myself Um, I get signs left and right all the time so that I don't have to really think about my decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it's like, that's the crown. So when you know, so when you teach a class, do you you frequently teach like a chakra based class or is it like, how would you know like which one to teach? Right. It's a, it's an intuitive nudge. Um, I teach a lot of solar plexus. So um, interestingly enough, because I know that I'm not much of a physical person, I focus on physical things. Um, So, I like to do physically challenging classes because I know that that's not what I'm good at. And mm-hmm. I like to develop what I'm not good at. Um, so I like, you know, going to boot camps and doing different things. So in my classes, if I'm feeling that the energy is, is low, I'll do a solar plexus guys. Let's come on. You got the willpower to do this. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Um, you know, think of like, uh, like a locust pose, for example, you're actually on the, so you're connecting the solar plexus mm-hmm. to the earth. The earth yeah. <laughs> You know, um, more of like power poses, warriors, things like that. Um, but yeah, it depends. I mean, I'll do workshops like I've done, you know, heart chakra workshops uh, where we actually bring in healing stones into the picture and we'll do an entire heart, you know, mantras and chanting and talk about why rose quartz is a, a heart uh, stone. And the whole class will be focused on heart, cho- heart on the heart chakra. Um, but if I'm just teaching like a Monday night class, um, at gold gym, it'll be like more subtle cues. Sometimes I'll do an entire, like I'll move through different poses for the entire sequence of chakras. So I'll start with the root, move into a little more flowing water is the element with the sacral chakra with pleasure, creativity. I'll get a little bit more funky, Mm -hmm. go into some power poses, soften up, express yourself, throw openers, let's, you know, lay on our backs during Shavasana and, mm-hmm. and enjoy some visualizations and, you know, picture ourselves in a cocoon of light and <laughs> what does that look like and what, you know, um, so yeah, so, um, but again, just to, to reiterate, it's, uh, and we'll work from our top to bottom because recently I've heard one of, uh, one of, uh, women that I really respect, um, Sahara Rose talk about the flow of the chakras in the opposite direction. So entering in the energy, entering in through the crown, receiving, you know, wisdom, Mm -hmm. um, processing it through the third eye, visualizing it. I want this job, Mm -hmm. expressing it. I'm writing this out in my resume or I'm creating my own company, um, feeling going back to like, why am I doing this? How is it benefiting the greater good? What's the compassion? Um, and then, you know, starting to take some measures, take some steps, make some choices. Um, and then reminding myself to have fun with it and then manifesting whatever it is that, that, started at the top and now we're here mm-hmm. yeah so it's a it's a pretty pretty comprehensive framework yeah yeah and it's it's a it's another way to you know um as i was telling panama earlier it's um 
it's another way to just like talk about what's happening. Um, so, you know, we're talking about bones in the body through anatomy, right? That's anatomy, um, mm -hmm. muscles, uh, biology, cellular, chakras, energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you did your, your yoga teacher training. Did you teach right afterwards? Did you, did you spend a t period of time where you just like, taught like 10 yoga classes a week or 15 yoga classes a week where you just kind of were going crazy with the yoga classes? Yes, um, for sure. So yeah, I started, um, as I mentioned earlier, about five months before I actually became a teacher. Um, I taught my first class ever was on December 1st. I was like, I want to teach my first class on the first of the month. And I did, I taught a four week, uh, the four agreements. Um, have you read the four agreements? Mm. I mean, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. it. Yeah. yeah. So great book. Um, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz is the author. I uh, taught a four week course and I found a way to relate postures to each agreement. So, um, you know, don't make assumptions, don't take anything personally, always do your best. Those, um, I found a way to like create sequencing around it and did little workshops on that. And then I just started teaching. I mean, I was teaching at like five or six different studios, mm -hmm. Um, different styles, different things. Sometimes I'd have like one student. Sometimes I'd have zero students. I just kept going, um, taught classes outside in my attic and my mm -hmm. wherever I could teach. Um, I was teaching. So yeah, I taught a lot of yoga right away. And it, were you like, that was your main source of income? Was that? No. Um, stuff on the side? I had like a bunch of other things. I was a florist. I was a dog walker. I was a nanny. I became a professional substitute teacher. That's right. No, this is funny because this is sort of like the, you know how like in Hollywood, everybody's like a waiter or a waitress and yeah. like they're trying to like get parts. I feel like it's sort of like that for yoga teachers sometimes. People yeah. who really want to teach yoga, it's like, no, I've got to do all the other things as well. Yeah. And to me, like my dream is never to be a full-time yoga teacher. I don't want to. Um, my dream is to teach three focused classes a week at maximum. Mm. Um, I'm a business person at heart. So um, that, you know, I, I was teaching a lot. And then I also became a Reiki practitioner. And, and then I did another training. I did an alignment yoga training, which was fascinating. Um, so I was always bringing what I was teaching on my mat into my life. Um, so one of the key things that I began, so right when I started my yoga teacher training, which was this, the fall. So I quit my job March 14th, which is my birthday. Um, actually I quit my last day was March 13th. And then the 14th, I had a one-way ticket. I woke up in LA. I was like, yeah, freedom. freedom. <laughs> I literally showed up to the office, like a, like kind of douchey to looking back at it with like my suitcase. I left early for my flight. I was just like, peace. I'm out. Um, mm -hmm. and then I like ran around for, uh, I ended up in, I had a one-way ticket to LA and then a one-way ticket from Jamaica back to Brooklyn. And I went, I ended up in like Texas, um, Tucson, Arizona, like kind of all over. But, um, when I, so that was the fall September is when I started my evolution power yoga Baptiste, uh, training. And, um, the, uh, the, I started this marketing gig at the same time I was working for an agency and, um, my client, my main client was McDonald's, yes. <laughs> which was like ethically awful. Um, so I was writing tweets for McDonald's 
and doing social media posts for McDonald's. And it sucked the soul out of me. Like, real quick. I think I quit two months later. Give us some of the tweets you remember. Do you remember any? I don't. I don't even want to. I mean, like, it was... Like, don't bring that back. <laughs> no, it was so bad. And it had to be, like, cheesy. Of and course. Like, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm sure I came up with some good ones. But um, that was probably, like, the most soul-sucking job that I, I ever mm-hmm. had. Because here I am like promoting really unhealthy food to like children. And I remember being in this meeting, um, with like all of the owners and they were like, we're going to cut off. Um, they had like a lot of like teacher benefits and I'm like, we're going to cut off all the teacher benefits for all the teachers that show supersize me in, in school. And I was like, Oh my God, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta leave. <laughs> like, I love supersize me. It's a great film. It's like, a funny movie. Yeah. For sure. Like, well, and it's a documentary about how awful it is for us to eat McDonald's. Granted, like everything in moderation, but you know. Um, and so I quit that job and like I was totally lost. I was like, all right, how do I make money? And I decided to just follow my heart. Like, as cheesy as it sounds, I was like, what do I love? I love kids. I love, you know, flowers and I love dogs. So I did all those things. I became my, and it like happened for me, like instantly. Mm-hmm. When I talk about crown chakra connection, it was like my, one of my friends from high school reached out and was like, Hey, like, do you, can you come teach my kids how to meditate? Cause they're crazy and I need, I need help. And I was like, yeah. And then like I showed up at school and it was these like group of like the cutest kindergartners. And I like brought my healing stones and my mantras. And like, I was like, you guys want to pick a mantra of the day and like talk about it. And we like, I came up with like all these activities on the spot. I was like, where did these come from? Like, And then my friend was like, can you just take care of them for the rest of the afternoon? And I was like, yeah, I I would love to. And then like she got me into substitute teaching. She's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you have a college degree. You can be a substitute teacher, right? I was like, no. So every day I chose what I did. Um, I wanted to be a music teacher. One day I I would be a music teacher. I wanted to be a science teacher. I would be a science teacher. I want to teach high school, middle school, tiny little babies, whatever I wanted, I was doing it. Mm And that's sort of like how I built myself back up to where I am now was like just doing whatever felt like something I was in alignment with. Sure. Um, Yeah. And so um, and so now you manage a gym. I do. Yeah. So um, on a um, root chakra level, um, I'm very aware of the countless benefits of physical exercise. Um, a lot of the people that I teach are not the people who like, I like to talk about how I teach a lot of, of people who don't even know yoga exists or they've heard about it. Um, they're, they're brand new to it and they need it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's more of like, I like just like being the introductory chapter of of somebody's yoga life. Yeah. Um, Cause like in 10 years from now, when I ask somebody where they, do you remember your first yoga class? And they're going to go, yeah, I took it at Vita fitness with Chris Parkinson or goals gym with my lace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's, you know, I, I manage a gym. Um, I was very reluctant at first. So I started my own company, which is called bounce yoga, and I'm developing my own style of yoga, uh, which incorporates a new yoga prop, which I can't talk about. Um, but it's in the making and there's, um, an awesome engineer working on it. And I just found like the dreamiest patent attorney ever. And, um, 
and now I just need to manufacture it. But um, so I'm developing that's sort of like my side, um, all of the extracurricular yoga that I'm doing is through that. And then Bounce Yoga podcast is also uh, a tool to um, to bring that uh, solar plexus, the uh, willpower, which is something that I think is so necessary when you're going through shit is to like have that willpower to get out of bed, go brush your hair, go do whatever you got to do, get in the shower and get back into it. Mm -hmm. Um, that has been one of the hardest things for me. I also, I went through a, a pretty intense depression at one point and like I had a psychic, uh, like regular good old fashioned therapist. And, um, I had a healer who I've worked for since 2014. Um, and with the three of them, we all came up with a plan to get me out of depression, mm -hmm. uh, without taking crazy amounts of meds and doing whatever ridiculous things. Um, and, um, and it was part of it was surround yourself in yellow. And like I hadn't even connected the dots yet, but I had yellow flowers. I had yellow sheets, yellow candles. I had these routines that I was doing. I had to be up by seven in bed by 11. It was like a very structured regiment. And I called, I ended up creating what I called the joy cleanse, which is a one week cleanse where you like fake it, force yourself, become joyful. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy. I, people like stopped me in the street. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, I had my teacher. What do you mean? They're like, they're like, listen, ma'am. You're too you, happy. you cannot be this happy. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Like I had a teacher be like Melise and actually I interviewed uh, her on my podcast recently. Um, but she was like, Melise, like you're out of touch with reality. <laughs> like you are. And I was like, just blissed out. Yeah. And I was like, this is cool as shit. Like, obviously you can't operate like that all the time, but if you're really, really low depressive, you and you need something like that worked for me. Um, so that was like, and then I started thinking like solar plexus, fire, blah, blah, burning candles, yellow, do, 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 do. And that's how I built bounce yoga. Um, I was going to a lot of yoga classes and leaving feeling like half empty, mm -hmm. um, not fulfilled, not joyful, more like chill. And, uh, I wanted to create a style of yoga that felt bouncy. And, um, so that's what bounce yoga is. It's like more of like a joy focused, uh, but still grounded in reality. Mm -hmm. I'm not out here like, okay, everybody, let's smile together. Like, right. you know, although I would probably be somebody who does that in class. Um, but let's exercise our face muscles. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's how Bounce Yoga came in. And um, actually, it's kind of crazy. Bounce, my company that I started was... Um, I was doing um, I was doing uh, wellness consulting for a tech company. That's why I moved to Maryland, and the it was a, a holdings group, which is one main nucleus company owning and helping to grow and having a stake in a bunch of other companies. So I was working for this holdings group and doing like some um, consulting for them and helping them grow their the companies. And um, they were like, "Melise, like you've never started a company, so." how are you, you know, you need to start a company as like a side project mm -hmm. to, to figure out what it takes to create an LLC and get all the, the ducks in order. And so I did. And, um, that was bounce yoga. And, yeah. um, so yeah, that's like a pretty exciting part of, of my life as well. And then gold's gym knows about it. They're great. They're super supportive. And of course you work at gold's gym cause it's, it's gold. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if you guys had any other, and it, the funny thing it's is great. like yellow is the first color, but red is the second one. Right. Um, so it's like a rooted yellow. Right. Um, yeah. 
So, um, and you're, you have your own daily yoga practice. Do you do yoga every day? Do you meditate every day? Anything like that? Yeah. Um, when it's structured, I'm at my best when it's not, I'm, I'm not, um, like, you know, so do you have to go to a class in other words, or is this something no. that, but you just have to like write it out ahead of time or. Yeah. So I, um, so a structured meditation practice for me, it looks like about 20 minutes in the morning. Um, and then a structured yoga practice for me is about like 15 minutes by myself. And then like two to three classes a week. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I'm teaching or taking, I have a Thursday night class I never miss unless I'm out of town. Um, that's Keith Golden, Columbia work, uh, yoga works in mm-hmm. Columbia, uh, 8 PM on Thursdays. I, that like, I don't change my plans for anyone. Um, that's my Thursday night staple. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, my personal practice, it just, I'm always doing yoga, like, throughout the day. So I don't really need to be, I I don't feel, I feel like because I'm very Vata and like dream in, you know, like more, like more of the spiritual being, Mm -hmm. um, that it's good for me to have a a grounded, like, okay, get on your mat for 15 minutes and, you know, do whatever. Um, but it's just, it doesn't happen as much as I'd like it to. Sure. Um, any kind of like resources online that you kind of go to over and over again or books that you kind of reread over and over again that you would recommend to other people? Yeah. Um, anything. I love Gabrielle Bernstein. Um, anything. Uh, I listen to her Judgment Detox book quite a bit. Um, so the judgment detox is basically about how all of our pain comes from judging other people or mm-hmm. other things and how to rewire yourself to be a non-judgmental person. Um, you know, in New York, I experienced, so I was completely in it. Like, oh my God, their shoes are from wherever, like, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and so, uh, that's a book that I go back to when I'm feeling like, intense like you know even like I'll try to even look at like Donald Trump with love you know that type of work um and so Judgment Detox Gabrielle Bernstein I also um am redoing over and over her uh it's called um uh, May Cause Miracles um which is a 40-day uh miracle perspective shift which is super cool it's like subtle shifts i love subtle things Mm -hmm. um subtle shifts and um uh who else do i like panash desai has a a book that's really good um it's like 30 days to discovering your soul signature that book made me quit my job in new york um completely changed my life at i think day 14 I like vividly remember I was like I'm quitting my job and like I went to work that's and right I was it's like, time to bring quit. the suitcase in and show them a, I'm yeah. off to LA yeah exactly I was like <laughs> bye it actually it's funny because I had that conversation and then I had three months where I had like to transition and, and train my person who was taking me taking over my role um and towards the end I was like done and mm-hmm. they, I like one day I covered myself in glitter. Like it was just like I was just done. I was like, they were like, are you done dressing up for work? I was like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> That's all you're going to get out of me. Exactly. <laughs> like, are you covered in glitter? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, but yeah, so those books. Um, oh, man, there are so many. Um, Chakra Yoga and Odea Judith, anything by her. She's got some cool talks as well on YouTube. Um, she's been interviewed. Um and I'm trying to think of anything. I, I've been reading a lot about Tantra recently. Mm. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, 
Think yeah. and grow rich. What's that? Think and grow rich if you want to be grounded. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, cool. Well, it's been lovely to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, any uh, any extra websites that people know about? Any of the other places they can find you? Facebook and Instagram and then your website. Yeah, Bounce Yoga Co. Um, all over the place. Maylee Smittig, um, all over the place. And if anybody has any questions or wants to chat about any of this, I'm always happy to do so. Cool. And uh, make sure you check out Bounce Back Yoga Podcast. Yes, um, we've got a, a special guest coming up. <laughs> His name, Indeed. Is, his name is Chris. That's hint, right. Hint. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank, Thank you, you, Producer Panama, for doing your thing. And uh, take care, everybody. We'll see you next time on the uh, DC Yoga Podcast.